you guys. I have just had the greatest conversation I've had in a long time. It is so wonderful to meet and have a conversation with like-minded people. And Adam has such a profound, wonderful message. I genuinely want you to listen to every single minute. Because we talked for a long time, so this episode might be a little longer than normal, but it is so worth it and it is so important. And if you have to listen to this in 15-minute increments, take the time and remember to go back because his message is wonderful. Adam is a Windsor-born entrepreneur, businessman, meets brand developer for getting out of your comfort zone. His brand is called Comfort Via Discomfort, and I'm just going to let him tell you what it's all about because it is super gnarly and he explains it the best. Please listen carefully. Guys, we are here with Adam Baumier, right? Mm -hmm. All right. And he uh, started recently Comfort Via Discomfort. And I'm super excited to find out what it entails, where it started, and kind of everything in between. So tell me first what you were doing before Comfort Via Discomfort. Sure. So uh, before Comfort Via Discomfort, I actually worked at Wireless Wave at Devon Mall. Uh, it's just a cell phone store. Uh, I worked there for a year and a half, and my last day was December 31st, 2017. So right at the beginning of this year, I just kind of changed things up. And I had been committed to, or I'd committed to stepping outside my comfort zone this year. So that was like the first big step that I needed to take was, okay, well, you know, I'm just, I'm working nine to five. I'm in a box. Like I love the people that I work with and like, it was good money, great people, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. It was always looked like, I always looked at that job as like a stepping stone Mm -hmm. and I just didn't have the energy or desire to do anything outside of work because I had to be there for eight hours and I wasn't in love with that job. So Mm -hmm. it kind of sucked the energy out of me a little bit. So yeah, quit that job. And then I started a job with a company called World Financial Group as uh, an independent financial uh, service like agent, basically. And I did that for a few months and then they went through like a rebranding process. And that's when I was like, okay, well, I mean, I need to focus on myself. And I started putting a little bit more effort into actually stepping outside of my comfort zone. And then in April, uh, I like, so let me back up a little bit. So in October, actually, um, I had committed to stepping outside my comfort zone in 2018. And I really wanted to involve other people because when I was working at the retail store, uh, I had always talked about doing things. I had talked about entrepreneurship. I had talked about building a brand, making a difference in the community, yada, yada, yada. But I just, I didn't do anything. It was all talk. Mm-hmm. I'd never walk the walk. So, mm-hmm. and I was getting so frustrated and I, and you know, before comfort by discomfort, it was just a lot of talking and a lot of inaction. And I hated that. Yeah. Right. Because I didn't want to be somebody who just talked about things and never actually did them. Mm-hmm. So I was, the two main fears that I've had for, I don't know, a while are fear of failure and fear of people judging me. And those two things like really, really held me back in terms of actually doing or or 
um, trying to make the ideas that I had come to life. So in October, I was like, hey, well, you know what? I need to step outside my comfort zone, but I need to do it with other people because it's gonna be more fun. Uh, so what I did was I released like a challenge on Facebook to friends and family where it was like, hey, uh, whether we have talked every day for the last five years or once in, a, in the last five years, like if you have something that's outside of your comfort zone or something that you're scared of that you want to accomplish with me, let me know, we'll do it together. And the reason for that was their support. There's like a little community basically, mm. and you can hold yourselves accountable. Right. Right. Cause mm -hmm. like if I have a fear of roller coasters and I go to Canada's wonderland and then I, you know, <laughs> pussy out and don't actually do yeah, it. Yeah. Nobody knows yeah. except for me. Right. Right. So and you don't have to post that on social media if exactly, no one knows. Right. Exactly. Right. So it was kind of a way just to like make myself more accountable and push myself to, to do these things. Did you know you were going to do the whole comfort via discomfort at that time of making that no. Facebook post? Okay. No, so that was like all. not so, on the radar yet. Right. So that was, so this was just, I want to step outside my comfort zone. Yeah. I don't believe in like New Year's, uh, New Year's uh, resolutions. Yep. I don't do that, but I wanted to have a theme for 2018. Mm -hmm. So in October, it was like, I need to step outside my, my comfort zone and actually do the things that I want to, that I talk about doing. Right. So I did that and I have a list of like 14 people in 14 activities that that uh, we want to do. It includes things from fishing to NASCAR driving experience to scuba diving to a CN Tower stair climb. Oh my. Like yeah. lots, of, lots of different things, lots of different people. And yep. it's really cool to see, you know, other people want to do this kind of stuff as well. And I did the first, the first thing I did on my list was in January. It was the first weekend in January. Me, my brother, and four of our friends mm -hmm. went to Lake Placid, New York, and we went to the biggest mountain on the East Coast. Okay. To go on a snowboarding trip. So this was the first challenge. Yeah. First, first challenge. Right. And we went to this mountain and the reason why it was outside of my comfort zone was because at that point I had only been on my snowboard, like I had only snowboarded five times, like total. Ever. Mm -hmm. And the biggest mountain I had been on was Blue Mountain, which okay. is like, I don't know, maybe a thousand feet. And see, I'm not a snowboarder. So you got to really lay this down for okay. me. Like how much bigger is where you went than five times bigger. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. I've seen Blue Mountain. I can say that so, much. Yeah. So the mountain in New York was the summit was 4,800 feet. The highest we could go is 4,600 feet. Okay. But when we were first, when we got there, the first gondola ride up, we went to the small summit, which was 3,500 feet. It took 15 minutes to get oh up there. My and we're going gosh. up there. And one of the guys was like, so just, just curious, like everybody on a scale from one to 10, how good are you at snowboarding? Right. And everybody's like six, seven, eight, nine, you know, most people were seven or higher. I'm like a two or a three, like I'm going <laughs> up this and I'm like staring up the mountain. I'm just like, Holy what did I get myself into? Like, yeah. this is, this is crazy. So <laughs> that experience was really, really cool because uh, the first run, the first couple runs, what happened was I would go down the hill and everybody was obviously better than me and mm -hmm. faster than me and more skilled than me. And I would be watching them like, okay, I got to keep up with them. I got to keep up with them. Right. And it would cause me to fall and fall and fall and fall. And I was just like, Hey, like what's going on? And like, after one time I fell, I was like, Hey, you have to focus on like yourself. Right. Right. You got to focus on doing the little things that you need to do to get better. Mm -hmm. Because if you're focused on other people, right, you're not going to improve yourself. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And eventually, like at the end of the day, I was like a six out of 10, Yeah, I would say. Yeah. So like huge improvement. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so after that trip, I made, I made a video about it okay. saying like, Hey guys, like this was my experience or Hey everybody, this is my experience. Um, you know, don't be afraid to get outside your comfort zone, but comfort via discomfort still hadn't really started. And the more and more I talked about this list, the more and more I talked with people um, from like January to the start of April, uh, I came up with a motto and it's the only way to be comfortable is by being uncomfortable first, mm -hmm. right? 
And the short version of that is comfort via discomfort. Yeah. Right. So I would say the motto, I wouldn't really say the, 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 the catchphrase, the three word right. catchphrase. Right? right. And then in April, I follow this uh, woman on uh, Instagram called Amy Landino. She's wrote a book called vlog like a boss. And I, had another one of my like kind of fears, I guess, was like putting myself on camera and really putting myself out there, right? Because again, Mm -hmm. fear of being judged, right? And fear of failure. So I saw that she put out a challenge on Instagram where it was like vlog every day in April. She does it two times a year, vlog every day in April or vlog every day in August. Okay. So this was April 1st and it was 1130 at night. And I was like, oh my God, I have to make a video before midnight. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. Let's do this challenge. And by like day four, I had started talking about getting outside your comfort zone. And that's when I introduced the idea of comfort via discomfort. Okay, man, I just I just <laughs> had this experience because for as much as I've posted online or on my Instagrams between whatever page it is, I never like held the phone and talked to it because <laughs> I was so afraid of, you know, being judged or feeling uncomfortable, all of those things you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. And I just went through this process probably the last week of being like, all right, you're just gonna post it. It's just gonna be as what it is. And like trying not to stress about it. And after you do it a couple of times, it just becomes normal. Yeah, and I'm going through it now because uh, I actually have created a Facebook page and a YouTube channel for Comfort Vitus Comfort and uploaded, I have like 60, 70 videos right. of this stuff that I've uploaded to those channels but I haven't made it public yet because I'm like, oh, like it's just like the next step and I'm like nervous mm-hmm. about it. But to like the feeling that I love the most that I've been become obsessed with is nervous and excited, mm-hmm. like together. Yeah. Because it means that you're doing something that's like exciting. Exciting. Right. And important almost. That's some of my, the best advice I ever got was from a professor I had when I was at, in Toronto at Ryerson and I was so nervous to pitch ideas. So I went to school for film, as I had mentioned to you. And you have to pitch and you have to stand up in front of class and basically tell them what your idea for your film is. I was mortified. I hate public speaking. I was crying before class. My professor like took me outside. She's like, what's going on? I was like, I'm just really nervous. Like, what if people don't like my ideas? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, honestly, I can tell you're nervous, but that's a good thing. I can tell that you really care. And mm-hmm. I was like, it totally, I think about that all the time. Being nervous is a good thing. It is. Because I, it means I, I'm caring about it something. It means it's important. Yeah. Right? Or else you wouldn't be nervous. If yeah. you don't care about it, then you're not nervous. Yeah. Like I was nervous before when I'm sitting here like before doing this podcast. Yeah. So I'm like, cool, it must be something that, you know, <laughs> has some kind of importance or I would be nervous. Yeah. But. It's not just sitting in front of a microphone. It's we've never met face to face. You're meeting no. a new person. Yeah. Your conversation's being recorded. I'm going to edit it. <laughs> like there's one, there's one, two, three, four, yeah. right? There's more than just sitting down and having the conversation, but. Hopefully by the end of it, you'll feel more comfortable. Yes. <laughs> Any way to be comfortable. All right. So what would you say to someone who says they can't do something? Oh, I love this. I love when people say this. Because first, I have two things. So number one is a quote by Henry Ford, which is, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And I love that quote because it's, it's all about mindset. Like how many times have you seen something on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube where it's like you thought that was impossible, but somebody did it. Like, and it's constant. The bar is constantly being raised, right? Somebody's faster at something. Somebody's better. Somebody did more backflips. You know, somebody's better at art. Whatever it is, like, you can always you can always raise the bar. So the first thing is whether you think you can or you can't. You're right. It's all mindset. So if you want to do anything, if you want to accomplish anything, you have to get your mindset right first. It's all right. about your perspective and your mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, The second thing is instead of saying I can't, 
I challenge you, I challenge me, I challenge everybody to change that to I am currently unable to. Because if you really, really want to do something, then I can't not in your vocabulary. I can, you can use this in any example. If you wanted, bef before ever starting this podcast, if you're like, I can't do a podcast. No, you just currently don't have the skills to do a podcast, right? If you really, really want to do a podcast, you can learn the skills that you need to learn. You're, you can buy the mics, you can buy the pop filters, you can buy whatever you need to get in order to set up success in a podcast or at least to start a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to the gym and you can't do any pull-ups, it's not I can't, it's I'm currently unable to. Mm -hmm. And there's always progressions. That's the thing. There's level one, two, and three for pull-ups. Like you don't start by doing 50 pull-ups. Even the people that can do 50 pull-ups now, they started doing none or like, you know what I mean? So uh, there's always a way to get to your goal. But again, back to the mindset thing. If you are saying that you can't, you're right about it. And you need to you need to change that in order to be able to accomplish so how, what you want to accomplish. Yeah. And I think the thing I personally and a lot of people struggle with the most is like hearing someone say that and then actually applying it to their own life, mm -hmm. which is a one of the reasons that I like having these podcasts and having people listen to them. Right. So you can give someone the tools to actually apply that in their everyday life. And obviously, again, you started before you did all this stuff. It was, you know having that uncomfortable feeling of maybe I can't do this. Mm -hmm. So are there any specific tools that you think you have worked with to kind of develop that growth mindset? Personally, so in, in terms of specifically like changing I can't to I am currently unable to, um, it's something that I heard about like a few years ago and I, I didn't really take it uh, seriously. But if you're very, if you're disciplined, you can, you can kind of implement this into your life by yourself, right? Because if it's almost like a buzzword, right? I can't bit, right? Hit the buzzer. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, sorry, I'm currently unable to. And it's not the fact of it, like, there's, there's two steps. There's kind of like recognize that you said it and then repeat it with the new words, right? To try and actually ingrain it in your mind mm -hmm. that you're going to speak the, a certain way, right? Right. If you're not disciplined or you want some help with it, tell two or three people that you spend the most amount of time with boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, dad, brother, sister, best friend, whatever, tell them, hey, listen, I'm trying to say I am currently unable to instead of saying I can't. So if I say that I can't do something, just let me know and then I, I'll say it again mm -hmm. with the proper proper words to try and kind of get that ingrained. Trying to adjust. I yeah. like that because it keeps yeah. you accountable. That's again, like the yes. whole process, right? It's accountability. just keeping yeah. yourself accountable. Yes. Um, talk to me a little bit about just like your Instagram and what type of things are you posting online? Like if someone was to go and look at your page, what would they find? If you would look at my Instagram within the last, let's say two months, uh, you would find that I'm putting out three videos a week on Sunday. The videos are called self-care Sunday. Actually, I'll start with Tuesday. So Tuesday is called Telltale Tuesday. And that's all about me sharing my experiences with stepping outside my comfort zone. And it's not always about the event itself. It's about the process of, you know, recognizing that you are uncomfortable and getting through those feelings because that's the whole point of this, right? You're not, you're like, I'm not doing this to check a bunch of things off my list. Like it's not a bucket list. Right. It's, okay. it's different, right? Yeah. It's not a bucket list where I'm like, oh, I completed this. It's let me put like, these are things that I'm currently scared of or uncomfortable with. Let me throw myself in this situation so I can understand the process of how to get by the irrational thoughts that come up when fear smacks you in the face. Mm -hmm. Friday is called Featured Friday. And that's all about somebody else's comfort vitus, comfort story. 
I didn't want to make this all about myself because if you see the same person over and over and over and over again, you're going to lose interest. It's the same message, whatever. Right. So what I wanted to do was a, like I get to meet incredible people and people that have, you know, made transformations and transformations in their mind, you know, physically, um, mentally. And so their, their videos on Friday are all about how they stepped outside their comfort zone. Um, and again, I, get them to explain the process of how they were feeling before, like what was stopping them from stepping outside their comfort zone, how they felt in the moment, how it impacted them, and then advice for somebody that's stuck. Like I had my mom on there. She was talking about doing a cake decorating class because mm-hmm. she's kept, uh, decorated cakes for 30 years, yeah. but she was very nervous with public speaking and she did a, uh, like a seminar in 2011, super, super nervous. But once she got past that and got past her fear of public speaking in 2014, she was able to give a a speech and she was thrilled and she was super comfortable three years before that she wasn't. And then on Sunday, uh, it's called self-care Sunday. I mean, self-care is a huge thing. And the the whole, the channel itself is all about like, if you want to get yourself to the next level, if you want to grow personally, you have to take out, take yourself outside your comfort zone. But at the same time, if you are wanting to get to the next level, you have to take care of yourself and you have to do it well. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't do it well, you know, we were talking before the show where we used to get like obsessed with something for like two or three months and then it would like me fall off. Yep. It's kind of like that, mm-hmm. right? Where if you can perform at a high level for a couple months, okay, cool. But like what happens after that? Mm-hmm. If you're able to sustain it for a long period of time because you take good care of yourself, then yeah. that's the best part. What do you think people struggle with the most about self-care? That's, that's a really good question. And I, and I think, I think everybody's different. So it's, it's hard to say, uh, in general, but with me, I always like, I struggled with for, for a while. Like I'm just the person that I am. I'm, I, I love to help other people. And there just comes a certain point where if you put, if you always put people before other people before yourself, like mm-hmm. you are going to suffer. And you know what, it's, it's okay to be a little selfish and be like, you know what, without, cause like without your health, you have nothing. Like, yeah. I, I don't care. It doesn't matter who you are. Like without your health, you can't impact people. Uh, it got to a certain point. My girlfriend really, really helped me realize this was just like, yo, you got to take care of yourself yeah. because you know, you can't, you can't go do other things. Yeah, you're going to fall apart. Exactly. You're right. So apart. I would say prioritizing, I guess mm-hmm. would be, would be the number one thing where, you know, maybe you think that, um, you're going to be okay if you just help other people or if you just do this like nine to five grind all the time yeah. kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, all, all, all that self-care Sunday is about is literally uh, like a reflection period. It's like take 30 minutes every Sunday to reflect on what you did the prior week to uh, take care of yourself. Yep. If you're not doing a good job, what can you do better? Right. How can you adjust? Yeah, exactly. I think the the way when I started doing more self-care, I shouldn't say I hadn't always done self-care, but... I was someone who liked to take care of other people, liked to do things for other people. And I was saying yes to everything. Oh, yes, man. Yes, man. Yes, man. Yes. That is, was, I should say was me. I said yes, yeah. because I felt bad that if I said no, someone was going to be mad at me or, you know, you helped that person. Why can't you help me? Mm-hmm. So I said yes to everything. And I just got myself into like a downward spiral where I was then you're getting sick, then I'm not eating well, I'm running around all the time, I'm spastic and I can't you know, control my emotions. And I got to a point where I was like, I seriously have to start saying no. But even in saying no, I'm like, I do want to say yes, but, and I have to like, I'm still working on that of, of saying like, you know what, this, 
the time isn't good for me right now. And like taking those days to just be by myself and work on some personal yeah. growth moments because, but it's hard. It is hard. And it's so funny because like we, we it, like you explained my scenario like, <laughs> a few years ago, seriously, like the exact same thing pretty much. Yeah. You're just saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I was asking someone else to be on the podcast a couple of days ago and I was like, hey, like, did you get a chance to like fill out the intake form? And she's like, oh yeah, I'm working on it right now. And I made a point of being like, if you don't have time for this right now, that's okay. Like you don't have to say yes, because I know what it feels like to be in that position. Because sometimes you genuinely want to do those things. It's not like you're always saying yes and you're kind of like, I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Like there are things that I've had to say no to that I genuinely wanted to be a part of, but knew that my schedule didn't allow it or my health at the time didn't allow it. Mm-hmm. And you have to really take care of yourself in yeah. those moments, right? Absolutely. Oh. And, and yeah, it's hard, but it's, you know, it's it's better for you and it's better for the people that you are even trying to impact. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Everyone's going to benefit if you can find some peace within yourself first. Of course. And along with self-care comes with gratitude. I know that you mentioned gratitude before in your post about taking some time to understand what you're grateful for, whether it's every day or on self-care Sunday. Walk me through that process of how you started doing that and why. Everybody's got their own problems, right? Everybody obviously has their own problems. And just, you know, trying to trying to keep myself level is is the number one reason because when you know, you're doing a nine to five grind or whether you're building a brand or building a po- uh, podcast or building a business or whatever, right? Your, your life is going to be full of emotions, full of ups and downs and like ups when the business is doing really, really well, downs when the business is doing really, really poorly or when you're stuck doing that, like those menial tasks that mm-hmm. nobody really wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started doing two things to help kind of level that out. And the first one was remembering my why. And what I mean by that is, why did I start this brand? Like, why do I do these videos? And the number one reason to do these videos is to help other people recognize that this is, like that your life is at the end of your comfort zone. And the fact that jumping outside of your comfort zone isn't as scary as you think it is. I kind of alluded to this earlier, when you get in a moment of fear, when you're when you're scared, your, your mind creates like irrational thoughts. Those are the thoughts that stop people from jumping outside their comfort zone. So even when I'm doing like super, super well and everybody's engaging and everybody's reaching out and people are liking my videos and, uh, you know, in public people are like, hey man, like, you know, I haven't seen you in a couple months, but I love your videos on Instagram. When things are going like as good as they possibly can, it's really easy for my ego to get inflated, right? And, And for everybody, not just for me, but it's easy for your ego to get inflated and to think that you, you know, deserve something or sometimes you're better than people, right? And remembering your why brings you down, right? It, not not in a negative way, in a very, very positive way. So instead of, you know, having your ego inflated and being like, oh, I'm entitled, I deserve something. It's more like, just remember why you're doing this. Like mm-hmm. celebrate the fact that people are excited about what you're doing, but remember what you did to get here mm-hmm. so that you can keep doing that stuff so people can still be this excited. Because if you let your ego get in the way, right? You're going to go into that process with your ego mm-hmm. instead of like your, you know, rational brain. And you're going to, you're not going to want to do like the menial tasks. Right. And then you're not going to, you know, perform as well. And then people aren't going to be as impacted. Right. So, mm-hmm. and then when things are going really poorly, right? Again, remembering that why is very important. So if nobody's commenting on your Instagram videos, if, you know, only 25% of people are liking them compared to last week, or, you know, you speak to somebody and they don't mention your, your Instagram or your podcast or whatever, 
you know, that's not important. That's that's secondary stuff that feels good, but it's not why you're doing it. So uh, the other thing that I that I started practicing was every day just taking five minutes, like literally five minutes. It's nothing. Like you can spend five minutes at lunch, five minutes before you go to work, when you wake up, before you go to bed, whatever. Just completely honing in on what you're grateful for that day. Uh, and it could be something like, like I talked to you about it today. Uh, you were like, oh, we're going to have to turn off the, uh, the AC in the office. And I'm like, Hey, I'm used to it. My car doesn't have AC, but I'm grateful because it still gets me from point A to point B. Right. Yep. And if you just focus on for five minutes, just something that you're grateful for, again, it helps you, you know, make that wave a little bit less when you're really, really down. Okay. You know what? I had a terrible day today, but I'm grateful that um, you know, I have my mom in my life because she's amazing or something like yeah. that. Right. It could be the littlest thing, yep. but it's something, it just changes things instantly. Yeah. And it's just a little bit of a shift. Yes. And what I've even noticed, cause I started doing this a couple months ago with the gratitudes and I'm not perfect. I don't do them every single day. I don't do them. Sometimes I don't, I go a whole week and don't do them. Um, but I'm getting better at it. But what I have found that when I make the time to, you know, sit down and specifically do three, five, write them down, or if I'm just thinking about them, whatever, I've now just found that I kind of just think about those things all the time now. And it has just transitioned. I'm like making lunch at work and I'm like, man, this avocado is really green. What a beautiful color. And I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, you are so cheesy. Like nobody thinks like this, but it, it makes you enjoy life in the most simplest form. Mm -hmm. And people always talk about the most ordinary things can be so extraordinary if you just give them the time. And I think that's what gratitude is all about is just finding the most simple thing and appreciating it for simply what it is. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because, uh, it, it goes along with like, like being grateful for five minutes a day is basically all it is, is practicing positivity. Right. And like, if you want to see positivity, you can see positivity. If you want to see negativity, you can see negativity. Like you can pick out 15 things that happened that were bad today if you wanted to, or you could pick out 15 things that were good. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's up to you. And if you, if you're consciously making this, the decision to think negatively, then it's going to impact your, you as a human being, it's going to impact everybody around you because, right. Right. Because you are thinking negatively. Yeah. If you're thinking positively, the same thing. It's like, when you, what, what kind of car do you have? Um, I just bought an Equinox. I'm okay. a new car owner How many Equinoxes do you see on the, on the road now? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh did my you, gosh. Did you see them before? Yeah, that's so funny that you say that because we, I literally had this conversation right when I first got it a couple months ago. I was like, man, I feel like I see these all over the place now. What a great metaphor. I've never thought about it like that. That's a go. great metaphor. Mm-hmm. It's also important to note that negativity is okay too because I think especially as of lately, I've noticed a lot more people trying to be realistic online and show their real life online and showing the not okay days also. And it's great to be positive, but I also think that also deters people Mm -hmm. from becoming or looking positively if you're always like shoving it down their throat. And I've experienced that, putting that on people in my life because I'm like, what about this? Let's do this. Like, let's go here. And they just need to have a down day and like relax and like learning that process of like, all right, all right, it's a, it's a down day. That's all right. Let's feel it. Let's get through it and then move on when you're ready. And I think that's also something really important to note is that like, yeah, it's great to be gung-ho, positive, sunshine all day. But that's not life 24-7 yeah, for no. anyone. No, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Like you can't be positive all the time. No. But it's... 
important to recognize when you're negative and try to make that switch, right? Yeah. And like, ne- obviously, negativity and you know, disaster even are obviously part of life. It they're they're going to happen. Things you know, bad things happen all the time. But the important part is like in every in every bad thing, you can kind of pick out a good thing, or you can like try mm. to you know look at the good in things, right? Yeah. So. Tell me about a time that you don't feel this wonderful feeling and like has it always doesn't mean like has it always been this way for you have you always been a really positive person do you go through those through those days that are like what am I doing with life like what am I doing where am I what is the point of all this like do you have you experienced days like that of course yeah yeah I'm human of course I've experienced days like that and to answer your first question no I haven't always been so you know positive and focusing on gratitude and my why and this and that and uh, I think my like lowest point I would say was in 2012 because in, so I got a, out of high school, I got a scholarship to play football for a university in, uh, Vancouver nice. or in Burnaby called Simon Fraser university. So, uh, I, I decided to, to move out there. Right. So my training camp started August 9th, my, me, my brother and my parents went out there uh, a week before, so August 2nd, to do some sightseeing because none of us had ever been there. So it's my we favorite like, place. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Right? So we went, and it was beautiful, and it was awesome. But on the second night, my dad got food poisoning, and he was, you know, throwing up all night and whatever. And I've had food poisoning. I know it's not fun, but he tried to make me play hockey, like, the very next day when I got it. So I was like, that sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he got food poisoning, and we were like, okay, well, you know, in a couple of days he'll be okay, whatever. And he wasn't. Like, for the rest of the for the rest of the trip, he couldn't eat anything without, like, throwing Ooh. up again, right? It was Ooh. terrible. Long story short, uh, August 27th, my mom calls me. So they left on the 9th, and, okay. I, I, and I stayed there for training camp and then started school in September. Uh, August 27th, my mom calls me and told me that my dad was diagnosed with uh, esophageal cancer. So we were just like, whoa, out of nowhere, right? Like oh my, my dad had food poisoning, now he has cancer. What's going on? But the, cra- the crazy, crazy thing and like kind of like a side story here is like everything happens for a reason in life. And honestly, if I didn't get this scholarship for football and move out to BC and if they didn't come with me and if he didn't eat the clam chowder that he never eats and he got food poisoning, who knows if he would have got diagnosed right. around the same time. But anyway, so he's good. He's, he's survived. He's completely clean. He's no longer a cancer patient. Yay. Five years clean. It's been an incredible journey. But uh, so August 27th, got the call that he was diagnosed and everything kind of went downhill from there. I was, I was, you know, across the country. First time that I had yeah. lived on my own, completely by myself. I was 19 at the I time. I was say you're so young too. Yeah, I was 19 at the time. And and yeah, uh, it just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best time. And at that point I wasn't nearly as mentally strong as I am now. And I just kind of let it consume me and everything was affected. My, my football performance was affected. My grades were affected. My relationships with people and the girl that I was dating at the time, that relationship was affected as well. And, and yeah, it was just, you know, and I didn't feel like communicating any of it to my mom or dad because they were going through their own thing, right? right? My brother was in his last year of high school. So I was just like, kept it all in and didn't really have an outlet and just let it kind of consume me. And for two years, like it wasn't, it wasn't great. And then finally moved back home in 2014. And so I moved back to Windsor and I was like, Hey, like, let's actually test your true potential. Like let's, let's get serious about something Mm -hmm. here. My next question is about uh, complacency Yeah. and your experience with uh, whether it was your complacency or people that feel complacent right now listening to this. Mm-hmm. 
what is your best advice besides my <laughs> I know you're gonna go get outside your comfort zone <laughs> no I wasn't <laughs> what would be your best advice like something to do today what can what can what's a small thing that you can do to stop being so complacent in life well first of all I feel that um there are people that are fine with complete complacency so that's true like your podcast my channel not really for those people and that's perfectly fine it's mm -hmm. there's nothing if that's the life that you want to live that's cool but for everybody who wants to take it to the next level just i the way i started was just like writing things down that i am scared of i'm uncomfortable with or things i just want to do and like writing it out actually kind of like made it real right and if you tell somebody about it it makes it even more real and if you find somebody to do it with you it makes it even more real so there's like hey there you go level one two and three progression yeah, like i was talking yeah. and about and then if earlier. you make an instagram account dedicated to it even Boom. more real exactly. or a podcast <laughs> or a podcast <laughs> even more real even right more real. so like write it out tell somebody yeah. like i feel like that's something small that you can do that's like hey you know big sis like I want to, I want to start a blog online mm -hmm. or, you know, I want to run a 5k marathon, like whole or a 5k run, whatever, like hold me to that. Right. Yeah. Check in, yeah. <laughs> see how it's going. Yeah. I should probably do that. Cause I, like we mentioned earlier, how I like stop and start things a lot. Hopefully this podcast isn't that way. Cause I'm really falling in love I with it. I can be your accountability buddy. Let's go. <laughs> Keep me accountable right now. Boom. This go. is about to be episode five. <laughs> Hopefully there's 55 in a year from now. Um, I want to hear, so I just watched yesterday your uh, Instagram video. I watched the full video of you talk about your NASCAR experience. And that was like the coolest thing to me and so genuine in like the experience that you went through and how you got yourself through that moment. Yes. Tell me about that. Okay. So um, I've never had a fear of driving a NASCAR. Okay. Uh, until I sat in the passenger seat of one and was like, holy shit, like this, this just got real. So uh, my dad is a huge NASCAR fan. Uh, yeah, he, he's always wanted to do it. And part of my challenge in October, right, was, you know, if you want to do something or if you're uncomfortable with somebody, something, let me know and we'll do it. And my dad's was, hey, me, you and my brother can, you know, go do this NASCAR thing. Okay, we were there at 8 a.m. Like our class started at 8 a.m. on a Sunday. And oh, like damn. everybody there. So we went to uh, Michigan International Speedway. Everybody there, like the staff was like, they were the happiest people ever. And I was like, what? Like it's 8 a.m. Like what? Okay. But okay. Like, and it was awesome. Great. It just set off the experience like right away. Mm -hmm. And then, so we went through this 45 minute orientation where this guy named Art, uh, like he had like a dry erase board and drew out the track and showed us like where our race line is, which is basically the lane that we need to stay in mm -hmm. and like where to step on the gas and where to step off the gas mm -hmm. and explained everything that he needed to explain, Yeah. right? He need, he explained how we were going to get strapped into this big harness. And if there was a fire, you could like pull this thing and all of the buckles would go out and you could just pull a buckle on a window and jump out of the car only if it was on fire. So Good we were like, know. cool, right? Good to know. Good to know. So I uh, went through this orientation and my dad, my brother and I pa uh, purchased this uh, package. It's called a ride along where before you actually drive a NASCAR, you get to sit in the passenger seat and uh, they, you know, take you around the, the track three times mm -hmm. so that you get a feel for it. And it's, I would recommend that to anybody. If anybody's listening, that's going to go to the rusty wall. <laughs> like, seriously, Plug. seriously. Uh, when they go fast, you go faster when they, when they're driving. Yes. So they're, I don't know exactly what the limit is, but yeah. I think it's like 240 miles an hour, which is like. Uh, 320 kilometers an hour or something like that. Oh my gosh, that's scary. 
Yeah, super fast. So, uh, <laughs> and so our cars could go 150 miles an hour or 240 kilometers. When you so, were driving. Yes, when okay. I was driving by myself. So it's there's an 80 kilometer difference. So significant, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so anyways, so uh, I'm, I'm waiting and it's my turn. So I, w- I walk up and I get in the, the NASCAR or in the, in the passenger window, right? And I'm trying to climb in and it's a lot tighter than it looks. And I'm just like, right? I get in, I sit down and there's this guy standing there and he's reaching and doing up all these straps and I'm... I'm just like looking around like, all right, this is kind of cool. And it's just like, it's a car with nothing in it. Like there's seats and that's it, man. Like there's like some bars and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's nothing like a normal car, yeah. obviously. And like, you should expect that. But right. like, it's different being in there and looking at it. Mm-hmm. So I sit down and he straps everything on. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he tightens everything. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm still looking around. And then he's like, okay, keep your head still. And I was like, okay. And he there's these two straps on your head that you basically attach to the headrest. So like you can move two inches to the right or two inches to the left and that's it. And that's when I started freaking out. Like legitimately, I was like, Oh my God, I can't fucking move. Like, yeah. I was and like, that's a weird experience to have your head locked in. Especially I, in a yeah. car. Yeah. Especially Ooh. in a car. Mm-mm. Like you're, you're not used to this. I'm used to like just leaning back, you know, <laughs> yeah, leaning back, driving like that. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm strapped in and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I started like kind of like panicking and I was just like, holy shit. And like, like I said before, fear uh, makes irrational thoughts real, right? Or they, they create irrational thoughts. So I started having all these irrational thoughts. I'm sitting in the, ch- in the passenger seat and I was like, oh my God, like this is, I can't move. I can't, what if, what if we crash? What, where, where's the, where's the seatbelt hook that he talked about? And I was like, Okay, it's right there. Where's the window? The window hooks? Okay, it's right there. Okay. And then I was like, man, what if we go so fast and like, I'm so uncomfortable that like, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't drive the car by myself. And then I waste like the $600 that my dad spent on this. Like, oh my God. And I was like, Adam, you're outside of your comfort zone. This is perfect. And I went, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I got to go through my process. Took a couple deep breaths and I was like, this guy's a professional. Like you're with a professional. You're strapped in because it's the safest way to do this. It's really easy to take off your seatbelt if the car catches on fire. But how many times have you seen that? Like, it's okay. Professional driver, even if he crashes into the wall, like you're strapped into this thing. Like, how many accidents have you seen in NASCAR where, like, people flip like 40 times and they're fine? Yeah, they walk away from it. (laughs) Now I understand why that's possible because I'm in this thing that's just like, right? I relaxed. And then... He took off. Well, not like, <laughs> but like, right. We drove around like the, the track half a ton, half, uh, half lap on like the very bottom. And then we took off and we went into it and we started going around this track. And like I said, this guy's going, oh, he's just flying. Right. And he's just like showing me where the markers are. Like he's pointing to the markers. Like this is where you step on the gas. This is where you step off the gas. This is where you step on the gas. Right. And showing me. And like when you're going there, like the, the, the track is tilted 18 degrees. Right. Right. So it's really weird. That is it's very weird. different, right? And so we're driving on, along the straightaway, which is fine. And then we dive into the corner and like, you're going so fast that it feels like you're like being pulled out of the car to the right. And you're just like, oh my God. And the first thought that I had when, when we were doing that was, I can't believe they're going to let me freaking drive a NASCAR. <laughs> like I've never done this before. Are they insane? Everybody's going to crash. Oh and then I was like, hold on a second. Okay. I've driven like a million times on the expressway. Mm-hmm. I'm just going faster. Yeah. Right. And, and on this a slant. car, and on a slant, <laughs> and strapped in. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. No, right. it's not the same thing. It's completely different. But like in this most simplistic form, you're driving a car, right? Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. So once I actually got into the car and got strapped in myself, like 
I was fine. But the only reason that I was okay being strapped into the car in the driver's seat was because I had just been strapped in the car in the passenger seat and I learned how to get through that process, right? right. And again, like the experience driving a NASCAR was fantastic and do like checking things off my list is awesome, mm -hmm. but I'm in this for understanding the process and creating a process for myself mm -hmm. of getting through that fight or flight kind of like, holy shit, you should run moment. Right. Right. And everybody else, everybody is going to have their own process. Like if you put yourself in the most uncomfortable situation and you learn how to get through that, your process is going to be different than mine. Right. It might be the same. I don't mm -hmm. know, but it could, there's a great chance that it's going to be different. Right. Mm -hmm. And the point of sharing that experience and then sharing the featured Friday experiences, learn your own process to get through the fear and the irrational thoughts so that you can actually experience these amazing things that are on the other side of them. Mm -hmm. It's like giving people tips and tricks and how to like <laughs> exactly. know, navigate their own experience. Exactly. But the only reason that the only way that you're ever going to know your own process is by putting yourself in it a bunch of times. Yep. Go right, right? through it. Exactly. So that's why I'm committed to stepping outside my comfort zone. Yeah. So that I can learn my own process so that if discomfort hits me in the face out of nowhere, I know how to deal with it. Well, and that's another thing that I was thinking about is that it's a very proactive way of living in that you're doing these things on purpose, you know, putting yourself <laughs> yes. in a position that you're uncomfortable in or where, you know, it's a big change. You're doing these things on purpose. So it's almost like a proactive way of life so that in ev more everyday life, because driving a NASCAR for is not normal. us <laughs> is not necessarily normal. Um, so then when, you know, shit really hits the fan, you have more of an approach and more of a process that you understand to go through and you can apply that in different areas of your life. Have you found that change transition over into maybe different areas of your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, like I said before, like I've always, well, not always, but the last, I would say ever since I moved back to Windsor and I started like really focusing on myself, mm -hmm. I've been more of a calm person and like, I'll take you back to 2014 where like when I was driving, like I used to have like road rage and not to the point where I was like getting out of the car and like yelling at somebody, but flip them off and get really mad and be like, ah, what are you doing? Turn on your signal. Yeah, right? it's me. <laughs> and uh, and kind of what I've talked about recently is 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 units of energy, right? Like let's say that you have like a hundred units of energy in a day, right? And you waste ten of them on road rage. What's the point? Who cares? Like get over it, mm -hmm. right? Somebody cuts you off, and like what's the point of getting mad at them and wasting your energy? Because like yeah. if if they cut you off and they keep driving and you keep driving and everybody is okay, who cares? Seriously, who cares? It doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. So like, I was like, why am I getting mad at people driving? Like, really? Mm -hmm. Like, I know this is such a quote unquote first world problem. And but like, yeah, right. But, but it's but, also something that everyone can probably relate to. Exactly. But it, it, but the, the point is, it's not it's not about like the, the road rage. It's about like the emotional response in your body to get mad and, and waste energy. Like there's no point in it. So like, I've focused on specifically the road rage since like 2014 because mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't like getting angry at cars because they're inanimate objects or at people driving the cars because who cares? Like, I don't know their perspective. They might've cut the, cut me off because I don't know, there was a kid or a cat on the side or whatever. Right. right? I don't know. Yeah. You know, there, there's a million reasons why that person cut me off or whatever. Right. So why, why get mad? Why yeah. waste energy? It already you happened. You only have a certain amount of energy per day. So save it up for something that's actually important. Right. And, and something I heard you talk about this um, recently was about just in that moment, you're using 10 units of energy, 
but then you hold on to that the rest of the day. There's another 10 units. There's another 10 units. By yeah. the end of the day, you've wasted all of your energy on being angry. And now you have nothing left to do at the end of the day but be mad. Mm-hmm. So it's like save that 10 units. You're going to have the ripple effect of saving <laughs> another yeah. 50 units. Absolutely. And put that into something better. Put yeah. that energy somewhere else. For sure. And I, I actually had that thought the other day. Uh, I was thinking, okay, like the same thing. Like, okay, I, you know, I get mad at at work or, or I get mad because somebody cut me off. And then like I go home and tell my girlfriend about it or tell my dad about it or tell my brother about it, right? Like you're still holding on to that a little bit. So maybe you're not wasting 10 units every time, but you're wasting right. two or three or whatever, right? right? I mean, again, this is just an arbitrary number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you're, you're wasting little bits of energy every single time you tell mm-hmm. a story because when you tell it, you get more emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe, right? And obviously things are going to make you mad throughout the day, right? Yep. I'm not saying don't have emotions. I'm just saying yeah. recognize what you want to spend your energy on. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is like in my experience of having, you know, again, just using road rage as a small example okay. because I, I pass people like it's my day job and not even for really any good reason. And it something that I said to myself is like just make a conscious effort to recognize why. If I'm like in a hella rush and I got to be somewhere and they're doing 15 under, okay, pass them, whatever. But I'll get to a point where I'm just like, they're driving 10 over. They're just in my way. Yeah. And I'm just like, just relax. And I get I get worked up, right? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to pass them because they're in my way. And it's just about making a conscious effort to just recognize how you're feeling in that moment. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to another point is that you talk about identify and conquer. Mm-hmm. Talk me through that process. Okay. So perfect example is, is the NASCAR thing, right? Where... I'm in this moment where something just hit me in the face. I have no, I, I didn't anticipate being scared of this experience at all, but I'm in the, I'm in the passenger seat strapped in and I'm almost shitting my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. All these irrational thoughts, one after another, after another, after another. And again, fear, irrational thoughts and they're fast. Right. And you think about not just one irrational fear. You think about a million of them. You think about any irrational thought that can come to your mind. Right. So the identify part is identify the fact that you are outside your comfort zone. And that's when I was able to kind of switch, right? Where I'm able to identify, Adam, you're outside your comfort zone. You're nervous and excited. This is what you wanted. Stop freaking out. That's the starting point. And then conquer is conquer those irrational uh, irrational fears by, you know, um, kind of putting in some positivity and, and just relaxing. Right. So my process, like going through your process to conquer your irrational fears Mm -hmm. or your irrational thoughts. So my process, again, taking some deep breaths and just being Adam, like this is going to be an unbelievable experience. Are you kidding me? Professional driver like these people are taking so much time to make sure you're safe. Mm -hmm. Why are you worried? Even if you hit the hit the wall, like you'll be fine. People walk away from this crap all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no reason to be scared. Okay, cool. Now I can enjoy this. Right. So I identify that I was outside my comfort zone and that. I was freaking, that's the reason I was freaking out, right? I'm excited and nervous. Awesome. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what? Go through your, so go through your process to conquer the irrational thoughts that you're having because of the fear. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Talk to me about the emotional brain. I want to clarify this and I want to really understand what that means and <laughs> in, in how you got uh, involved in that process. As Absolutely. A, as so, so this is, this is a really good way to tie into it because like the irrational thoughts come from your, from your emotional brain. So basically, uh, like our emotional brain is developed from, or it's, it's also called an animal brain. So it's de- developed from, right, from animals. Uh, and basically it's your, it's your fight or flight 
kind of response, right? So every time, any anytime you're faced with fear, faced with something that's uncomfortable, faced with any sort of like sudden stimulus, right? You get that fight or flight moment. You get that shot of adrenaline and, huh, right? What do I do, right? And the the reason why responding with your emotional or animal brain is bad is because it doesn't take in all of the information, okay? Mm-hmm. So what it does is it quickly takes in, boom, like takes in some of the information and reacts. That's its job is to fight or flight, right? If you fight or if you run, it's a quick response, right? Right. It's not, oh, let's sit here and think about it and whatever, right? That's your rational brain. Mm-hmm. So reacting uh, or, or, you know, uh, having an action that's based on your emotional brain is that's all it is. It's emotion, it's fight or flight kind of thing, right? And uh, the rational brain, uh, the circuit, so the circuitry between your emotional brain, uh, like the stimulus in your emotional brain is shorter than between the stimulus and your rational brain. That's why you get that fight or flight moment and it's boom, it's quick, right? It doesn't take in all the information. The rational brain, it takes longer to process, but it takes in all the information and it's called rational brain because you get all the information and then you tend to make more rational decisions, right? right? So again, back to NASCAR and I can use this in, in any example that I've stepped outside my comfort zone, you, you start freaking out right? And you're in that emotional brain Mm -hmm. and you start getting all these fears and all these irrational thoughts because you're reacting from your emotional brain and not taking in all the stimulus. So you don't take in all of that information. You just take in parts of it and react on that instead of letting your rational Mm -hmm. brain actually do the thinking. So the the way that I was actually introduced to this was um, a book uh, called um, Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Coleman. So uh, that book, I haven't read the whole book, but like the first part of it explains uh, the, mo- the emotional brain. And another term that I want to mention is emotional hijacking. So that's when, like that's the, the, the term that Daniel Coleman um, put onto the part when your emotional brain just takes over. Mm-hmm. It's called emotional hijacking. Yep. And all it does, again, you're reacting from an emotional state yeah. instead of a rational state. So like jumping outside of your comfort zone, you're going to experience emotional state yeah. a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And again, you experience it every single day. It doesn't have to be like me where I'm intentionally doing things outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It can be road rage. It can be you're getting in a fight with your with your loved one. It could be, you know, it can be a million different things, yeah. right? You If you react out of your emotional brain all the time, that's when, you know, you get in fights and you say things like, oh, I, I didn't mean what I said you know, in that moment, I, right. I was just, I was just angry. Yeah. That's your emotional stuff. brain. That's, that's your, your emotional, emotional brain. brain trigger. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, it, and as you said, like you can apply that to so many different areas, right? And I know, and I've said this a thousand times, I have extreme highs and extreme lows. And that has been like kind of the theme for my year is kind of like finding that in between. So I'm not so extreme at either end. Mm-hmm. And I think the science behind it, I'm in the middle of reading a book that helps explain the science of why you might feel anxious or why you feel nervous and how your brain's reacting to those things. And just knowing the science of it has helped me understand and then accept the way that I'm feeling because you can logically walk yourself through it. And I think Mm -hmm. not a lot of people know that kind of stuff, which again, why I like having these conversations is like just an open forum to give people information that now they don't have to sit. Well, I shouldn't say now they don't have to, you should definitely go read that book, but you know, that's a huge huge part of information that is super useful and can apply across the board in like so many different ways. So I think that's really huge. And I, I, you're right. When we had the original conversation, I wasn't following, 
I had heard those terms before, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know exactly, you know, what they entailed. Right, right. But that was really cool. Yeah. The science you know what it was helps really you cool. do, actually? What? It helps you identify and conquer. Identify yeah. and conquer. <laughs> See? It's genius. And I always say, I'm like, just feel it, embrace it, and move on. It's all yeah, like that same, 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 same terms. Same terms. But then there's science behind it. Yeah, and I like, exactly. and I'm I like, not a science kid, but I like the science behind it because it makes me feel better knowing that, like, you're not crazy. Yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's an actual psychological thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, this <laughs> right? is legit. Yeah. This is a real thing yeah. that happens in your brain. Yeah, and you're, you're just more conscious of it. Because, yeah. like, if you don't know why things are happening, how are you going to fix them? Kind right. Of thing, right. So, yeah. uh, and, and a lot of times people react because they don't have all of the information right, right? again yeah. kind of a kind of emotional brain like i kind of really relate it to that yeah um so i like to get a lot of information before i you know make a judgment or or react so right. yeah i want to know what your biggest fear is and tell the world and tell me on what day you're about to conquer it oh i don't have a day yet <laughs> but i have it written down okay okay so my biggest fear right now is open water we have the same biggest fear. And oh. Again, I know that these thoughts are so irrational, but I will own it. Like, I hate being in open water because I always just think about something dragging me down <laughs> and me drowning and just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to my death, right? And yeah, so I have a huge, yeah, I have a, oh God, yeah, that's my I biggest even... fear. And oh, and yeah, the biggest fear would be open water and I guess drowning, I guess. Like that's part of it, but it's more like the thing actually pulling me down or whatever, right? And my whole thing is like, and this is legit where it's like, how much do we know about the ocean or open water? That's an actual like, thing right we don't know we know like less than five percent about yeah, they say we know we know more like about our space than we do about our oceans yeah something like i don't that. know if that's real if I that's a myth but i've heard it <laughs> but yeah i've heard it a bunch of times i've heard the whole thing where it's like oh we we don't you know we haven't explored we've only explored five percent of our oceans or something like that and i'm just like <sighs> you haven't found Loch Ness Monster yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's my brain. Right? That's so anyways, brain. have a lot of irrational thoughts about that. But all it is is fear, right? I mean, how many people, again, kind of like NASCAR thing all over again, how many people have swam in open lakes or in oceans or in this or in that? And again, I'm like, ooh, shark attacks. I'm like, well, yeah, when you look at the facts, like they're not really that common. Mm-hmm. Sharks don't really attack people. Yeah. But I'm like, well, I'm going to be the one who gets attacked. <laughs> yeah, irrational <laughs> right? thoughts. So again... Yeah. So my, my biggest fear is open water. The second one would be, I guess, as a, like a secondary thing of that would be drowning. Right. Right. So the number one thing like on my list, not, not in order, but like number one, like biggest fear on my list, me and my brother are going to go scuba diving. Have you done some research about like scuba diving training and stuff? And I don't want to freak you out because I've done the research. Oh, uh, no, but (laughs) I'm about to scare you even more. Go ahead. Do it. I love it. If you, in order to be able to go like legitimate scuba diving, you have to have, you have to have like some sort of form of training at certification. Certification. The last thing you have to do is go to the bottom of the pool and they take your gear from you and you have to be able to put it back on. That and I I know your fear but because like that off, is like the, I could cry just the, I, yeah yeah <laughs> that's the I and it's funny because I've always lived by the water my parents live by the water and so I have like a weird like I love being by the water oh I I had a sea do for uh, three years and went yeah. tubing all the time and yeah. like but when I would cry when I wipe out and I'm like in the lake I'd be like ah. yeah and then yeah. I'd be like okay like you're wearing a life jacket shut yeah. up like you're fine yeah. and then I just kind of chill there and be like Randy <laughs> I can't even watch Finding Nemo and the big blue screen like 
makes me like have oh, to catch wow. my breath. Yeah, like, no, oh, I'm not that far. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> so maybe you'll be better at scuba diving than I will. Because I've looked at it because I've always been like, that would be the hardest thing for me to do is like legitimate scuba diving. And I was like looking at the certifications and I was like, someone told me it's that. It's expensive too. They take your, they take your oxygen off your face. And I think they take your, they take your oxygen in your goggles. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, this was many years ago, but someone told me that they, and you have to calmly be able to basically save your own life if you're ever put in that situation out in the middle of the ocean. But that's perfect because, like, you don't want to die. I know, and, like, but it's better so to, scary. But it's better to do that in a pool where, again, they have, like, all these people that can save you. Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, you don't, you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, giving me CPR yeah. is fine, but, like. You're helping me, like, calm down my irrational thoughts. And we're you just go. talking through it. There we're just go. talking through yeah. it. Right. And that's the whole idea of part of the process is really just it's not about the end goal it's about enjoying the in-between moments and if you're enjoying your process the end goal doesn't matter whether you fail or succeed doesn't matter because yeah. you've enjoyed every other moment in between and there's also going to be 10 other goals to achieve after that so if you're enjoying and celebrating whether it's a failure or a success along the way mm -hmm. whatever the end goal is it's like well if i fail or succeed I've still enjoyed it. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. And honestly, you can, you can, if like, you can get to a place mentally where everything is a success because if you're like, I talked about growth mindset, right? A growth mindset is all about not just this, but one of the main things is looking at failure as a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if failure is a learning opportunity, that's going to help you succeed. That's not really failing, right? It's a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. So therefore, like it's part of your success. Yeah. So even if you fail, you're succeeding. Yeah, it's an thing, experience right? regardless. And that's not a whole like, oh, give out participation trophies for trying. It's like l use your failures to kind of fuel yourself and keep yourself motivated mm -hmm. and learn all the things that don't work so that you can find the thing that does work. That does work. So tell me a little bit what is coming up and what's next for getting out of your comfort zone. So I have a few things lined up and... The thing is with, with some of these experiences, like some of them are like kind of outside my comfort zone. Some of them are like super outside my comfort zone. So uh, I am doing at some point this month, I'm doing hot yoga with with uh, with a friend, something that I've never done. I've tried yoga like maybe twice mm -hmm. and it was painful. Yeah. <laughs> so I stopped <laughs> and I was just like, nope, not going to do it. So, I mean, now painful yoga plus really hot place. So. Uh, that'll definitely get you uncomfortable. Yep. Uh, next Saturday on July 21st, I am emceeing my friend's wedding, which is like, so actually Sim and I are both emceeing that wedding. So does that make you uncomfortable? Because I look at you and on your videos online, very confidently speaking to the camera. So tell me how uncomfortable does that make you? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Cause the thing is, so like, I've done a bunch of business presentations, like obviously I'm doing a podcast, I've done a bunch of videos online. So like, now I would say that it's less outside my comfort zone than it, you know, was in the past because mm -hmm. I've, you know, done this again. Huh? Only way to be comfortable is by being uncomfortable first, right? Tagline. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know on a scale of one to 10, how uncomfortable I will be, but, uh, like all of my coworkers, ex coworkers that I worked with for an a year and a half mm -hmm. are going to be there. So like that might add a little bit more pressure or yep. it might make it a lot more fun. I don't know yet, but like, I don't anticipate that it's going to be any more than like a three or a four on the comfort scale. Mm -hmm. um, but something that I'm doing that's going to be, I anticipate that's going to be way outside my comfort zone is a nude photo shoot. What? Yeah. So what? 
I was supposed to do this back in, was it June? I think it was June. Yeah. I was supposed to do this in the middle of June, but the photographer, uh, he was going on vacation and just didn't have time before vacation. So he's like, let's reschedule it for the end of July. So he's going to be coming back from vacation in a week or so, I think. And then we're going to reschedule it. So, uh, but I've never done any sort of like professional photo shoot. And I've definitely never done anything where anybody's taking any pictures of me while I'm naked. Mm -hmm. So you, again, he's like, he even said like, you're kind of ramping this up in your mind to be more than it is or mm -hmm. to be scarier than it is. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole irrational thoughts yeah. with fear. So that'll be fun. All right. So yeah. why don't you tell people what, where they can find you online then so they Absolutely. can keep track of what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a good idea. So on Instagram, it's just at adam.bomier uh facebook it's adam bomier um in the near future like next week is when i want to make the facebook page mm -hmm. for comfort by discomfort and the youtube channel public so uh on facebook it'll just be at comfort via discomfort and then on youtube right now I just have a generic URL that was assigned to me, but if I get a hundred subscribers, I get <laughs> subscribe, to subscribe. As, yeah, as soon as I get a hundred subscribers, I'll get to uh, request a custom URL. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that nobody has come for discomfort. I've searched it before and haven't really found anything. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I'll be able to use that. And then it'll be youtube.com slash comfort discomfort. My last like comment, I guess would just be, I said before, like your, your life is waiting for you at the end of your comfort zone. Uh, and again, the reason why I'm committed to this and the reason why you should try to be like, if you want to get to the next level, the only way that you're really going to grow is like, if you stay in your comfort zone, your comfort zone is everything that you already know, everything that you're already used to, everything that obviously you're already comfortable with. If you stay there, nothing is going to change. And that's the whole point of jumping outside of that comfort zone is the best way to grow because they're all new experiences. They're all something that you're not used to and they're all going to open up doors that you had no clue that even existed. So just do it. All right, guys, I hope you're ready to get out of your comfort zone because if after listening to Adam speak, you don't want to challenge yourself, listen to it again. <laughs> if you want to find Adam, like he said, follow him on Instagram. He's getting his Facebook and his website up, everything under comfort via discomfort. Go check him out, follow his story, see what he's doing next. I can guarantee you it's going to be interesting and entertaining, motivational, inspirational. Just give him a follow. And until next time, I'm Sierra Parr, and this is just part of the process. <laughs>